Welcome to The Disability, a podcast where we have candid discussions about all things related to disability, short-term, long-term, financial claims, impact on other areas of life, causes in the workplace, and more, with your host, Attorney Angel Burgess. You can find this show at www.disabilityhelpline.com and on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Now here's the host of The Disability, Angel Burgess. Hello and welcome to The Disability. Today we are going to talk about a very important topic and that is Social Security Disability Hearings. Now for most people that go through the disability process, um, roughly two thirds of people that do get approved for disability get approved after going to a disability hearing. So because hearings are so impactful for so many people, today we are going to discuss the 10 things that you absolutely need to know about Social Security disability hearings. Now, this can be great information at no matter what stage of the process that you may currently be in. So maybe you haven't applied for disability. You still need to know these things. Um, If you are in the middle of a disability application and maybe you've got a claim pending, you need to know. If you have a hearing that's been scheduled, you need to know these things. And even if you've been denied, um, these are still very important things that you need to know. So let's get started with uh, point number one. Social Security disability hearings are closed proceedings. And what I mean by that is that they are not your typical courtroom proceedings like you see on Law and Order or Judge Judy, um, where there's a courtroom full of people and anyone can just sit and listen to your hearing. That is not how it works with Social Security. In fact, Social Security does an excellent job of protecting your privacy. And because your privacy is important to Social Security, they do not allow your hearing to be open to the public. It's private, it's closed, nobody can get into your hearing without having the express permission to do so. So who is involved in the hearing? Well, that brings us to point number two. There are typically four to five people involved with your social security disability hearing. You, the judge, you have an attorney, your attorney would be the third person, a court reporter, who's also known as a hearing monitor in the social security world, and the fifth person that may be involved in your disability hearing is a vocational expert. Now, a vocational expert is commonly thought of as, or commonly known as a jobs expert, and it is this individual's um, job to testify about your work background, explaining to the judge the jobs that you've performed over the past 15 years, the skills that you've learned from those jobs, and how physical those jobs are. So depending on whether or not you have an attorney, 
there will only be four to five people that are allowed to be present and participate in your disability hearing. Now, what about witnesses? Well, point number three speaks to that exactly. Witnesses are allowed in disability hearings, but typically if you're going to have a witness, that witness has to be sequestered. So the witness will not be in the courtroom testifying or listening to you testify um, while your hearing is going on. So typically what would happen is the witness would wait outside of the courtroom and be called into the courtroom um, by the judge. And you as the claimant will most likely leave the courtroom while the witness goes into the courtroom to testify. Now, although witnesses are allowed, it's important to know that a witness is only helpful if they have something different to offer to the judge or to explain to the judge about you as the claimant. So for example, a spouse may or may not be a helpful witness. If your spouse is just going to come in and say the same things that you've said to the judge um, about your conditions and why you're not able to work, then your spouse probably isn't going to be a very helpful witness. Um, on the other hand, if you have any sort of um, cognitive problems or mental health problems that may interfere with your testimony, uh, then your spouse as a witness may be very helpful in explaining to the judge his or her perspective about how you're doing. Similarly, medical professionals can be great witnesses like therapists, counselors, physicians, uh, teachers, anyone that uh, doesn't tend to have a biased outlook or opinion on how you're doing can make a great witness in your disability case. So you're, you are more than able and welcome to have a witness. Just make sure that it's, it's going to be a witness that can actually help and add some value to the case. Point number four, how long are these hearings? Well, the answer is it varies, and it varies really from judge to judge. So there are some judges whose typical hearing lasts about 30 minutes. Um, I think probably the most common length of hearings is about 45 minutes, um, but there are some judges that uh, have their hearings scheduled for every hour. So the short answer is you can expect that your hearing may last anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, and that's start to finish, including everybody that needs to testify and participate in your hearing. Point number five, the format of your disability hearing. Now, things have changed a lot in the last two and a half years due to COVID. And so now there are you know, more options than there have ever been in terms of how your hearing is held. So the traditional format for a hearing would be in person. You are there in the courtroom with the judge, along with all of the other participants for your hearing. But we had to get a little creative um, due to COVID. And so Social Security was able to institute um, some additional hearing formats. One being a video hearing, 
And so this would be a hearing where you would be at home um, and you would log into uh, Microsoft Teams is the format that Social Security uses for the video hearings. And you would be able to see the judge, see your attorney if you have one, and the hearing would be held that way by video. Now, the third format or option for your hearing is telephone. And this ends up being a conference call. And it involves those same parties that I talked about earlier, but everyone is on the phone instead of being in the room together. So you can participate in the phone hearing and be at home. Um, and you know your attorney can be at his or her office. The judge can be at home. Everybody can be at home, but are conferenced into one secure line for your hearing. The next point is a critical one uh, as far as your hearing is concerned because most people don't realize you as the claimant the person who's saying i'm disabled and i'm not able to work you have to testify at your own hearing so it's very different from what you, know, you normally see on tv where somebody else an attorney may be talking for you nobody can talk for you in these hearings because it is about you and your disability so you need to be prepared to testify and um, for the judge to ask you questions about your conditions and your symptoms and your treatment and if you have an attorney your attorney will also ask you questions to help develop your case um, and to help to present your case for the judge. But the attorney cannot talk for you. So part of their job uh, will be to prepare you for the hearing so that you know what questions to expect and um, to make sure that everything is in line with your testimony. Which brings me to my next point. Point number seven is that attorneys are not mandatory in disability cases, but they are highly, highly, highly recommended. And I'm not making this point because I am a social security disability attorney. I'm making the point because it is critical that in a disability case that you know what you're doing. And if you choose not to have an attorney, that's fine. You don't have to have an attorney, but you need to be prepared to be your own advocate, which means you need to be prepared to make sure that your medical records are updated, that you've you know, notified Social Security about everything that they need to know as it relates to your claim. You need to make sure that you know what your medical records say that you can so that you can be prepared to answer questions and what do these things mean what do these lab values mean as it relates to your conditions what do these symptoms mean as it relates to your conditions and most importantly what do the social security rules and regulations say about you and whether or not you meet the requirements for disability so it's a lot of information um, that you need to make sure that you have somebody that knows what they're doing to represent you um, and to make sure that your case is presented in a way that is going to be most well received. 
in accordance with those rules and regulations. Point number eight, Social Security makes it very easy for you to hire an attorney. In fact, Social Security is responsible for making sure that number one, they approve anyone that you want to hire to represent you. And Social Security also has rules in place as to how attorneys are paid. So disability attorneys are not paid in the same way that most attorneys are paid. So most attorneys, if you want to hire them, let's say for your family law issue, you need to pay a retainer, right? You need to pay some money up front and there's an hourly um, rate that you have to pay for that attorney services. Well, because we're talking about a disability claim, Social Security is very protective of claimants in that they want to make sure that if you hire an attorney, it is going to be critical for the attorney if he or she wants to get paid. Number one, they have to win your case. Not only do they have to win your case, but they need to make sure that you as the claimant are entitled to back pay or past due benefits. So they need to make sure that as the attorney, that Social Security is going to owe you money for you know, some of the time that's been spent as you've been going through this claim or time that you spent um, before you applied in certain circumstances so that they owe you some back pay. And if the attorney wins the case for you and your owed back pay, then Social Security will pay your attorney out of your back pay. So it is a win-win situation for both you and the attorney. As the attorney, the attorney has to make sure that he or she only takes cases that they think they can win. Otherwise, they're working for absolutely not a penny. Um, and so that's what makes the situation, I think, so good um, and what makes it a win-win situation for you because you don't lose anything by hiring an attorney. You only stand to gain if the attorney is able to get you approved for benefits and get you some back pay. Point number nine, before you go to a disability hearing, I want you to make sure that you are committed to putting your best foot forward. And what I mean by that is make sure that you are going to this hearing, that you're going to be honest about what you're experiencing. Um, I get a lot of calls from people that have read things online or, you know, somebody's friend or family member told them, okay, before you go to the hearing, make sure that, you know, you look horrible. Make sure that you, you know, your clothes are, you know, inside out and, and that you just, you don't comb your hair and that you just look as horrible as you possibly can. Not good advice at all, okay? You want to establish credibility with the judge. You want to make sure that the judge knows that you are here at a disability hearing because you really cannot work. And because the symptoms that you're dealing with are are interfering with your life so much that you're not able to work. Or if you are able to work, 
that you're not able to work on a full-time basis because of your conditions. And if you show up and you know you you look like somebody other than what your records say that you look like, remember when you go to the doctor, the doctor's going to note in there how you're looking. And you know, sometimes they'll say what you have on. Um, you know, looks well, is, you know, has a nice outfit on, is wearing boots and, and whatever it may be. But these things show up in your records quite often. Um, and cases where people are actually disheveled, right? The doctor can tell they haven't combed their hair, they're not taking care of their hygiene. A lot of times that ends up in the records as well. So you want to make sure that your presentation when you go to the hearing is consistent with how you normally look. Okay, that also includes things like assistive devices. If you don't use a cane at home, don't bring a cane to the hearing. It's not realistic, okay, and it's not truthful. You don't want to present yourself as anybody other than who you are. If you take medications, a lot of times people will say, well, I'm just not going to take my medications for the hearing. Not a good idea. You want to present yourself as who you really are. And so if you decide that you're not going to take the medication so that the judge can see how bad you really are, that's actually not helpful. Because then the judge can say, okay, but if she took her medications today, she would be able to focus on everything that I'm saying. You know, she would not be in pain. And, and we don't know if that's true or not. But you don't want to present yourself in a way or in a manner that's not consistent. If your medications cause you to have a lot of side effects, then that's something that you need to make sure that you're reporting to your doctors. I know a lot of people are concerned. You know, they say, when I take my medications, I'm really drowsy. It's hard for me to stay awake. And I normally take my medications at the same time as the hearing. Well, you need to continue to do things as you normally do and if you're drowsy at the hearing, then you'll let the judge know, this is why I'm drowsy. This is what happens to me. I always take my medication at one o'clock. This hearing is at one o'clock. And you know, I'm really drowsy, but I'm gonna try my best. And that way you're being consistent with how you normally are and with things that the judge will normally see in your medical records. So point number 10 is that if you are denied at your hearing, it doesn't have to be the end of the road for you. There is an appeals process that's available. And so what you'll want to do is, you know, if you had an attorney to represent you, consult with that attorney first, see if he or she thinks that there's a basis to appeal the denial that you received. And if they don't think that there's a basis, you can always get a second opinion. Or if you didn't have an attorney, consult with one to see if they think that you should file an appeal. And then you can make a more informed decision about where you want to go with your case. Now, for some people, you know, who are listening or watching, maybe you got denied two years ago or six months ago and it's too late to file an appeal. Well, it's still important that you consult with an attorney to see can you file a new application and start the process over? Are you still eligible where you can refile? Um, because in many cases, people are able 
to refile. But it's important that you know all of the options that are available to you before you give up on what could be a good claim for disability. So thank you very much for tuning in to, to today's episode discussing the 10 things that you need to know about Social Security disability hearings. For more information, um, for an evaluation of your case and your circumstances to see if you know, my office can assist you with a disability claim, contact us and we'll be happy to talk with you. This has been the Disability Tea and we will talk with you all next time. You've been listening to the Disability with Angel Burgess. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing the show with others. You can catch prior episodes at www.disabilityhelpline.com and on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more.